Welcome to the Pete Slevin Fitness Podcast, where we discuss all things fitness, health, and well-being with your host, Pete Slevin. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Pete Slam Fitness Podcast. Uh, today uh, is going to be a Q&A format uh, from a few questions that I've received from uh, my social media and uh, from my clients as well. So hopefully uh, you get something from it and you enjoy it. Thank you for listening. So the first question today is, are you a fan of intermittent fasting? I'm I'm not really a fan of intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting was was big about eight years ago. It went away and now for some reason has sort of came back in. Um, I don't know whether that's maybe because it's very effective for busy lifestyles and things like that. So it maybe uh, suits a lot of people. But so implementing intermittent fasting is normally where uh, you skip breakfast or lunch and then eat uh, a massive dinner uh, or you consume all your calories between a set period of time uh, usually some, something like two to six hours some people might use the likes of uh, caffeine or amino acids uh, just to get them through the day until dinner time uh, so for example you, you might get up at 7am uh, and not eat anything until dinner time and then between the likes of 5pm to 9pm you're eating all your calories, so your 2,000 or 3,000 calories within that window. You go to bed on a full stomach uh, and then you start the process all over again the next day. My thoughts probably align a lot with uh, the famous James Smith on this uh, and his thoughts on intermittent fasting. Uh, I just think it's a, a strict um, regime and I think there's easier ways of uh, losing fat if that's what you're using intermittent fasting for and primarily that's what a lot of people do use it for um, there is easier ways to lose fat some people also use intermittent fasting to uh, you know if they're building muscle or muscle growth um, but again I, I think there's um, easier uh, ways of, of going about that research uh, shows that it is a good uh, way of losing fat um, however, it probably works well for fat loss simply because you're more likely to eat less calories because you're skipping out your breakfast or your lunch. So essentially, you are going to eat less over the course of a day, which effectively you're in a calorie deficit. So I would prefer eating more regularly and just hitting a calorie target. So say... 2,000 calories is my maintenance, then I want to be in a calorie deficit, eat 1,800 calories, um, and I've just spread that over the course of a day, rather than doing uh, intermittent fasting and starving myself. I did try it, just to see uh, what it was like, and I have to say that my I found that my workouts suffered a lot, because um, I wasn't feeling fueled. Now everybody's different, um, and it's probably trial and error, and experiment with it and see how you feel. But I definitely felt that uh, my workouts were suffering, um, and because of that, um, I felt that I was losing a lot of size and muscle. Um, obviously, because I was probably in a calorie deficit as well. So if you're looking to build muscle, there's definitely better ways. So if you're a girl out there and perhaps you're looking to uh, tone up or uh, build build your legs or build a bigger bum 
Um, I certainly wouldn't recommend intermittent fasting. Similarly, if you're an athlete or you know you play hockey, rugby, or football, um, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, simply because uh, your energy levels are are going to be lower. Um, unless of course you can get into some kind of form of ketosis. Um, again, going back to the research, um, why it can work quite well. Um, one train of thought is that it's putting your body under uh, stress temporarily, um, which will give a, a sort of natural release of uh, steroidal hormones or growth hormones uh, that can come from periods of fasting, um, which then can enhance fat loss. Uh, or can potentially enhance muscle building if calories are on point during that eating window. But my own personal view on it is I would rather eat 3,000 calories or 2,000 calories over the course of a day rather than eating two or 3,000 calories or try to eat two to 3,000 calories in a period of a couple of hours. I think it's important to eat every two to three hours. Um, doesn't have to be big meals. Um, if you're eating breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner snack and um, it's going to keep your blood sugar levels from dropping too low so you're not going to make bad choices or get cravings as such and this is probably a, a big factor with intermittent fasting where a lot of people can fall down and um, they might wake up and feel so hungry and then they have breakfast and then they think flip the, the, the more or less hit the, the, the fuck it button as I call it and then the rest of the day is just a, a wipeout for them so they continue in the same vein and make bad choices and go all out eating rubbish and then start feeling guilty and then it's just a, a cycle that's repeated uh, throughout the week where, whereby possibly if you'd have been eating more regularly uh, and just had one bad meal it's not going to make uh, make or break the, the day for you uh, and also like if you know the weekend you're going to be going out for dinner or something, you can just pull back on your calories the day before or the day after. Whereas with intermittent fasting, uh, you don't really do that. It's, it's definitely a more uh, strict uh, regime and is therefore uh, an easier uh, regime then to, to fail at. So for me, I just think there's easier ways of getting into uh, a calorie deficit or calorie surplus um, rather than having to fast and starve yourself throughout the day. Um, but as with any nutrition plan, the best one is going to be the one that you're going to be able to stick to and it's going to be able to fit around your lifestyle and also include the, the foods that you like. Um, so if intermittent fasting is going to help you uh, achieve your goals and you feel that you can do it, then I'll, I'll be it, do it. But um, I think there's definitely easier ways of going about uh, achieving your goals. But that's just my opinion. Experiment with it uh, and see how you feel. Hi podcast listeners, if you'd like me to work alongside you as your coach for six weeks, then this is your opportunity. You get to train in your own time and around your schedule. With my online coaching, you get a PDF that is downloadable to your mobile device and includes a six-week training plan to suit your goals with video demos of myself performing every exercise. You get a nutritional guide with advice, tips, a seven-day sample meal plan with calorie and macros breakdown and also some healthy, nutritious and more importantly, delicious recipes. I will communicate with you on a daily basis via WhatsApp to answer any questions you may have and also to help you with accountability to help guide you and stick to the plan. 
Every week we will schedule in a Skype call to assess your progress. Both the training plan and nutritional plans are tailored to suit your goals and fit around your lifestyle. If this is something you think you could do to help you achieve your goals, sign up now on my website peachlemfitness.com or you can drop me a message on my social media channels on Instagram, on Facebook, under Pete's Lemon Fitness. This is your chance to train around your schedule and lifestyle and achieve the goals that you've always wanted, whether that's fat loss or to build muscle. My coaching and my guides will get you there all within six weeks. I look forward to hearing from you and having you on board to help you achieve your goals. So this next question or topic that I'm going to talk about uh, actually came from one of my female clients. We were discussing uh, core stability uh, and abs and the difference between the two. Uh, She always thought that they were the same thing. They aren't the same thing. Having abs is more uh, of an aesthetic thing whereby having a a strong core uh, and strong core stability is going to serve you better as an athlete, if we think of um, the world's strongest men, uh, you'll see them on the TV around Christmas time, and they've got the big uh, bellies and stuff. They've no visible abs, um, but they've got a very strong core. So you don't necessarily need to have a six-pack or abs to have a strong core, and vice versa. You could have a six-pack or perfect abs, but your core could be very weak. And basically, uh, you get your abs or your flat stomach by getting your nutrition on point, uh, therefore lowering your levels of body fat and then implementing some form of uh, movements like your crunches uh, and sit-ups and things like that. Uh, They're going to help get you that six-pack, but they're not necessarily going to give you that core stability or core strength. Building core is going to be a different process Really the best way to build core strength and stability is uh, doing your big compound lifts. So things like your your squats and your deadlifts, they're all going to help uh, your core simply because it has to kick in to keep you stable uh, and support your spine. So it's very important to always make sure you're engaging your core uh, when you are training uh, and this will help quickly strengthen that core for you. There's a saying that you've probably heard that uh, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So therefore, if your core is weak, you're going to be weak under your big compound exercises. So the stronger we can get our core, the stronger we're going to be when we add weight to the likes of our squats and our deadlifts. And this is going to cross over, particularly if you're an athlete. Uh, So functionally, uh, you're going to be more sound as an athlete. Uh, If you have a weak core, we're going to be easy pushed over or off the ball. Um, We're not going to be the strongest or the best physical version of ourselves. So you want to make sure you're strengthening the muscles around your spine. Uh, Therefore, it's going to be less chance that that spine is going to buckle. It's going to be more resilient under heavy weight or pressure. Because when our core is strong, uh, the core is going to offer uh, support uh, and stability to the spine. And the beauty of having a strong core, um, it's going to limit excessive motion uh, rather than create it. So, you know, when you are doing a heavy squat or a heavy deadlift, uh, you don't want that back rounded. You want your spine to be stiff and steady rather than allowing the weight or the movement to move the spine. So how do we make our, our core more uh, stable? 
you want to be doing um, exercises, particularly isometric exercises, to improve that core stiffness or stability, rather than uh, strength exercises like your your Russian twists. You you want to be doing uh, things like your planks. Research has shown that um, isometric exercises like planks and that um, can enhance muscular endurance. So this will help with the stiffness of the spine as a whole, and hence strengthen the core area. So when you do the likes of a side plank, for example, which is another isometric exercise, uh, the muscles around the abdominal area, so like the likes of your QL muscle, which is the deepest abdominal muscle, and your obliques, they're all going to be turned on. So there's no movement as such, but there is a, an isometric contraction, whereby if you compare this to a... Uh, the likes of a strength exercise like a Russian twist or a side bend, there's movement, uh, the muscles are being moved and used uh, dynamically so to create uh, movement uh, across the different joints. But these kind of exercises aren't going to necessarily uh, strengthen or, or create that stiffness around the spine. Um, so that's why someone can have a ripped six-pack but very limited or poor core stability uh, because they're doing the likes of their side bends or their crunches which isn't going to carry over to spinal stiffness or core stability. So how do we engage our core when we're doing the likes of uh, back squats or deadlifts? It's actually quite simple. So the next time you're doing the likes of a squat, uh, you want to make sure uh, to stiffen the torso uh, and to limit excessive motion around it. So every muscle around the core must contract and create tension. Uh, and simply this is a, a bracing action. So if you imagine uh, you're, you're going to get punched in the stomach, I'd often use this as a cue with my clients. Um, if you think you're going to get punched by Mike Tyson in the stomach, you're immediately going to brace yourself and stiffen all those muscles around the spine. And what this is essentially doing is creating nearly like a, a natural weightlifting belt for your body. So it stiffens your spine and it keeps keeps it safe while you're performing your squats or your deadlifts. But it also will transfer force throughout your body. So if you have a weak core, you're not going to really get that transfer of power. So that's why it's important to really work on your core strength and stability. Um, rather than using our core work as an accessory. Um, then on the other hand, if you're perhaps a CrossFit athlete or a powerlifter or a GAA player um, whose goal is to perform, uh, you, you do want to train your core in a way that it's going to carry over into your field. And as I said earlier, uh, we're only as strong as our weakest link. So if our core is weak, you know we're not going to be the best we physically can be or we're not going to perform as well as we can. It's also important to test the, the core in other ways. So if we're in the gym every day and we're just hitting heavy squats or, or lifting dumbbells and barbells, you're you're using the same plane of motion all the time. So we may not have that balance to stabilize our, our body in a different plane of motion. So, for example, as soon as we were off balance, uh, we're not going to have that stiffness or stability to stabilize our spines. So you can imagine if you're playing a sport, whether it's rugby or football, you're going to be easily knocked off the ball. Um, also, if you don't have that stiffness or stability around the spine uh, and you're in the gym lifting heavy weights, uh, this is ultimately when injuries can occur. The, the muscles like the QLs and the, the obliques that I mentioned earlier, um, these are lateral muscles. Uh, they're not going to necessarily be challenged that much 
uh, when you're doing uh, standard deadlifts and squats. So you are leaving yourself open uh, to potential weakness um, if we don't work the likes of these muscles as well. Great exercises to implement these kind of uh, different range of movements uh, and bring into play the likes of your obliques and QLs. Things like your suitcase carry with a kettlebell um, which is going to create a stability stimulus different from the likes of a sidebend um, because when you think about it when you're taking that step with your right foot planted your left leg is going to swing through then that right glute medius and left QL they're, they're going to work simultaneously just to keep that pelvis stabilized so you can swing that left leg through uh, it's a very good exercise at using the muscle of the core and hips uh, to limit excessive or unwanted motion uh, it's also going to help build the endurance and stiffness of your core uh, in a way that will probably carry over into your different lifts that you might do in the gym so I, I would prefer my uh, athletes to perform the likes of a suitcase carry uh, more more so than a, the likes of a far, farmer's walk um, research has shown a farmer's walk is going to be essentially where you have the, the weights on either side of you compared to a suitcase carry where you've got the weight just on one side um, so research has shown that the farmer walk is actually easier on your spine or body um, than obviously the suitcase carry is um, simply because you're able to stabilize your spine more so the single arm carry is a, a lot harder and it places a lot more pressure and compression on your spine but that's going to carry over and help build that core strength. Other exercises that uh, I implement would be the likes of uh, Swiss ball rollouts or stir the pots or a gym ball pass. Um, these are all great for core building as well. Um, I actually do a, a very little lab work at the minute um, as I tend to get it all in uh, nearly with all my lifts. So the likes of if I'm doing a squat, my shoulders are back and my abs are engaged similarly if I'm doing a barbell curl my shoulders are back but my abs are engaged so I'm getting a lot of ab work in uh, so I don't necessarily have to spend 15-20 minutes at the start of my session or the end of my session doing abs um, I also implement a lot of functional movements and workouts um, things like box jumps or kneeling ball slams or kettlebell uh, swings um, battle ropes um, these are all going to bring my core into play and also give my abs some work as well. So just going forward, remember having uh, a six pack or uh, abs doesn't necessarily mean that you've got a strong core uh, and it's vitally important that we have a strong core. The, the benefits are going to make you a lot stronger physically. Um, you're going to probably reduce the risk of injury as well. Um, so just Going forward, when you're in the gym, make sure you are uh, embracing that core area. So when you're doing the likes of your big uh, lifts and that, make sure you have um, your, your core uh, engaged. And after about a week or two of doing it, it'll become second nature to you. Is there a fitness regime that allows muscle gain uh, and fat loss simultaneously? Technically, there there is. Uh, technically, you can uh, gain muscle and uh, lose fat, but it is very difficult, uh, and it's much easier to cut and then bulk up or vice versa. Um, but you definitely can do both. Um, 
you just have to make sure you've got your nutrition, your training and uh, supplementation on point uh, and uh, geared towards uh, the two goals. In order to, to achieve it, uh, you probably have to be in some kind of uh, calorie surplus, so just slightly enough, so probably about two, 300 calories, uh, so uh, you can build muscle. And then you also want to be making sure you're getting plenty of uh, amino acids and protein in to repair those uh, muscle fibers that you've uh, torn down in your gym sessions. Um, you're probably best uh, implementing um, high intensity sessions uh, with some form of resistance training that'll implement supersets, trisets and gen sets. And essentially what this is going to do is it's going to keep your gym session uh, to about 35-45 minutes so they're going to be quite uh, intense but um, for short periods of time and during these sessions you want to make sure you're getting your heart rate up above 70% of your maximum heart rate so you're going to be in that fat burning zone then when you're uh, training so when you're lifting your weights you're making sure you're working within the, the right rep range so that uh, you're tearing fibers so you want to make sure you're struggling you know if you're working within eight nine ten reps you want to be struggling on that last rep um, so that you're tearing down those fibers and what that's going to do then is elevate your metabolism as well and hopefully with the right nutrition on board uh, these fibers will repair and grow bigger so they're going to grow back bigger so it's going to help build the muscle and then uh, your body fat it's going to be lowering because you've had your heart rate elevated during the gym session hip, uh, implementing HIT uh, so your high intensity um, training it's going to give you more bang for your buck um, it's also going to preserve muscle so you're not going to lose any uh, muscle and essentially you're going to be working uh, in a shorter time frame so um, and you're also going to be working faster through the session so there's going to be a little room for rest periods and the reason for that then is you're you're going to be getting through those glycogen stores quicker and um, so when you eat your your carbohydrates um it's going to be stored as glycogen and then when you're training in that um high intensity session these glycogen stores are going to be depleted quicker and therefore then your body's going to go to the fat stores as an energy source and um, so it's going to burn fat and because the the, the session is uh, short uh, you're not going to eat into that muscle that you've been building up over the period of time and if you want to get really technical you could uh, time your carbohydrate intake uh, around your most insulin sensitive times um, also then you want to be getting uh, not just your nutrition but supplements on board that are going to repair the fibers from each workout um, and also help with the, the likes of the fat loss so you could use the likes of creatine um, that's going to pull water underneath the cell so you're going to be able to shift or move more weight so you should be able to uh, build bigger and stronger muscle um, you could uh, implement the likes of green tea extract and L-carnitine uh, to support the likes of the fat loss so in summary really you want to be in a slight calorie surplus you want to make sure you're getting that heart rate 70% plus of your maximum heart rate during your uh, training sessions which are going to be um, hit sessions um, as your cardio system as opposed to 
less your low intensity steady state so you're replacing that with the likes of your hit and uh, you're making sure that you're getting plenty of resistance training in with uh, supersets or tri-sets and jet sets and getting plenty of protein and amino acids on board to help the repair and recovery of those muscle fibers so yeah it definitely can be done as i said at the start it is difficult and probably the easiest thing is to probably uh, cut in bulk or vice versa um, but you definitely can create a fitness regime that allows muscle gain and fat loss simultaneously so that's it for another episode of the Pete's Lab and Fitness Podcast. Uh, just in the next couple of weeks, just to give you a heads up, uh, we have a few um, guests coming on board for a few interviews that uh, I think you'll get uh, a lot from, uh, whether you're male or female. So do uh, keep a, a, an ear out for them. And once again, I can't thank you enough for once again listening to another episode of the Pete's Lab and Fitness Podcast. Um, do check in with me on my social media platforms. If you have any questions or anything, uh, DM me. Uh, I always get back. You'll find me on uh, Pete's Lab and Fitness on Instagram and Facebook. They're probably the two main uh, platforms you'll get me on. Also my website, www.peteslabandfitness.com. So that's it for today. Until next time, thank you.